We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Hey, how you doing? It's so good to be back. I love you guys. And um, I just really believe, just in worship, um, I know that in, in the life of church and in modern living, there's a lot of movement um, of people going to and fro. And I just wanted to encourage you as a house. I wanted to encourage you in this. I was talking to someone this morning about the witness, the Holy Spirit is a witness within us. Um, and He often seals something even before our minds get it. And uh, I, just, I just really believe that there are people in this room that you've been called specifically to reach Otago for Jesus. And, and you may be here, you may not like already be functioning in your role or what God has for you, but I wanna declare over you that now is your time. Now is your time to move. Now is your time to do what God has placed in your heart and to encourage you that God is already gone before you. For some of you, you're kind of going, what am I gonna do next year for jobs? Um, it's funny because sometimes Christians, we, we often um, just, oh, maybe if, if, if I go here, maybe that door would open. We're like full of maybes, but we need to be assured that God has our best. You, you need to know that, you need to hear that tonight. God has your best at heart. So no matter what you go through, God has called you, chosen you, He's called you out and He's purposed you. No matter how young you are or how old you think you are, God has a purpose for you. Amen? Oh, cool. Why don't you high five somebody and take a seat? Let praise awaken. Oh my gosh. It was like, that took me back to their place. It was a good place. Um, greetings from your family in Christchurch. Um, practically no one knew that I was leaving to be here. So um, that's cool, eh? Just got to keep them on their toes. I'm such a privilege to be here with you tonight. And um, again, just to, just to say, um, Pastor Will and Desiree and your family and your team uh, are so dear to me and to us as a family uh, and for equippers as well in Christchurch. Um, I believe God's doing an amazing work through you guys. And um, I'm not just saying that, but I've observed from a distance. Um, we spent nearly 15 days in India together. And I've, I've come to, to know and to love your pastor uh, for his heart for people uh, across cultures and across different stages of life. And um, we've had some good laughs and some good cries. And um, yeah, I just really wanted to acknowledge you guys and, and all the work that you do, but so good. Um, I know that my role in Christchurch um, is, is much more doable uh, because of your team, because of the team here in Dunedin. And um, just want to express there how, how valuable I see the ministry that you guys do, particularly in the admin area. Praise Jesus. <laughs> I know you've been doing the purpose-driven life. And 
I just want to bring a, a, a powerful word tonight because it's the Word of God. And I wanted to encourage you, but for some people um, I, who are visual learners, I'm gonna give you something tonight that will just help you understand who you are in Christ. If not, bring clarity as to where you are and, and what you, um, how you're gonna live your life. Uh, hopefully more victoriously. All right? Um, and so we know the Holy Spirit is here. And uh, our scripture tonight uh, leads us to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we'll be reading from verse uh, 7 through to 18. Um, just to give you a little bit of context. So this is kind of talking about the old covenant and the new covenant. So don't let your eyes glaze over because I'm talking Old Testament. Uh, it's really key that you understand is that uh, when we're referring to Moses and, and what Moses did in the Scriptures in the Old Testament, that is the Old Covenant. And when we refer to the New Covenant, it's when Jesus came, He was the New Covenant. All right. And so really, uh, tonight I want us to kind of encounter the presence of God in a new way. So if you've got your Bibles, open it and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 to 18. If you're still looking, tell me to wait. Oh, that's one person. <laughs> and it's also on the screen. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. So here we go. Uh, so it's entitled, I'm reading from the NIV, and this is called The Greater Glory of the New Covenant. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on, on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the, if the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory and if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Verse 12, therefore, somebody say, therefore. therefore. <laughs> Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are not like Moses who put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Verse 15, even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But when, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is spirit. Interesting. So interesting how, you know, like you kind of go, well, you read the word glory once. 
You read the word glory twice. You read it three times. There's about 14 references of glory. I think God's wanting to say something. I think Paul was determined when he wrote this was that we got it. I want to do something. Um, and uh, I want you just to, this is just to give you an image of what could have been going on. So this is Moses. Moses, after meeting with God in the tent of meeting, right? He met with God and then he met with the, the leaders, but we're never here to go and talk to the people. Moses had to put a veil on because his face was radiant. It was shining with the glory of the Lord. And so he just did it because people couldn't handle it. People couldn't handle that Moses had met with God. But whenever Moses would go and meet with God again, he would take his veil off and he would meet with God. But whenever he would come and meet with the people again, Do you get the picture? Can you see the glow? Great. <laughs> I can still see me. Let me turn my light off. Amazing, eh? Creative. Oh, so good. <laughs> Two words. Old, new. Old, representing death, New, representing life. Old, representing law. New, representing freedom. The old was glorious. But what Paul is saying, what Jesus has done far exceeds the glory that Moses had. Here's another picture for you to, for you to have, like, think about this. Moses' glory, think of it as a candle. The glory that Jesus brings is the sun. So if you want to compare the two, Moses' candle, Jesus, the sun. Right? So here's the thing. Which one are you? Dare I say sometimes... Oh yeah, me and Jesus, we tight. Me and Jesus, we tight. But when I go out into the marketplace, see, because we think people can't handle the glory of God. And then we come to church. And then when we go out to school tomorrow, You see, that's the Moses model. You see, but what God has done is through Jesus, He's come to set us free. Through Jesus, He's come to give us light. Now, a question I want to ask you tonight, young and old, what changed? What went wrong? Because when I became a new Christian, I wanted to save everybody. I wanted to get everybody saved. Let's put it that way. 
I could pray for the sick and had faith believing it was going to happen. I wanted to pray for dead people, but there was just no dead people around. Right? I just, I just, because I had so much faith. Right? Because at the moment of conversion, I just thought, why do I need to contain this all to myself? So what happened? What happened? You see, perhaps I was thinking like Moses where the glory of God was temporary. Maybe I thought it was based on location. That whenever I was in the presence of God, then I would shine the glory of God. But when I was not, I wouldn't. And then when I came to realize that if God and His Word says He will never leave you nor forsake you, you are not any more restricted to a tent of meeting or a building. God was with you everywhere. You see, for Moses, location-wise, the glory stayed on his face. Right? It was just on his face. And the Bible says that it was fading. Whereas when Jesus comes... In the new covenant, it is not on your face. He is all over you. It's you're radiating from head to toe. It's not fading, it's increasing in its capacity. The glory of God continues to grow from one degree of glory to the next. You see, the old was glorious, but the new is magnificent, is more glorious. The old, it was just on his face. The new, it was in his heart. So from the inside out, God was working. God was moving. You see, the moment we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts. He comes in. And so that's when the glory enters us. You see, sometimes it's about recognizing that I need to unveil to be free. You read that, that part in Scripture where it says uh, in verse 17, now the Spirit, the Lord is Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, right? That is freedom from the law. So if I were to put it this way, I'm driving down the street and I'm running late. The, the national speed limit on the street that I'm on is 60 there's a point in which I decide I need to go over 60. Sometimes you take risks, right? And so because I made the decision, I am now going to drive over 60 because I'm risking it. When I do that, I'm literally deciding right there and then I will accept the punishment if I get pulled over. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more mm-hmm coming on there, <laughs> right? So, um, so, so if I got stopped or if whatever happened because I stepped out of that, the Lord deals with me, right? But if I chose not to, I have the freedom. Like if I organized my time, I wasn't running late. I have all this freedom. And I could just, you know, this, this, I'm not, I'm not, Guided by the law, although I know it's there, but I'm choosing to live in the freedom. It's like that with the Spirit. If we live in the old covenant, it's going to be 
all of these things. And that's what religion does. Religion tells you, you've got to do all of these things in order to relate to God. Now, God only gave the old covenant was to give them order in their lives. Because maybe you're like me. Sometimes I get lost. Sometimes I make bad choices. But you see, God has given us all this freedom in order to do that. You see, the glory of God on you is not just a cosmetic thing. It's not just something that you paint on to make you relatable to people. It's an actual truth that sits within you. Ever wondered, how do I know I'm saved? It's the glory of God in you. The Holy Spirit tells you that you're saved. How do I know I'm saved? It's because I'm living the spirit life that God has given me. I'm not living under law because I know what law does to me. It keeps me tied down. It keeps me veiled. Isn't it interesting in the word there? It says that even to this day, the Jews, when you hear about Moses, it's like a veil, like their minds have been dulled because that's all they know. They don't accept Jesus as the Messiah, right? So that's what the words are. To this day, you observe them, you see them. It's, it's like a veil that's been on them. Where does the freedom lie? The freedom lies with people who acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Saviour. You see, how do you know you're transformed? How do you know that you've been unveiled, as it were? How do you know that? You only know that when you read the Bible. You only know that when you're living and your life looks like how Jesus lived. That's how you know you've been transformed. Because you're not living in your self-life anymore. You're living life in the Spirit. You see, you become like what you behold. You become like what you behold and you portray what you perceive. So if you do a lot of Netflixing, you're beholding a lot of Netflix, sometimes your values gets ordered. Ah, man, this one time, and I, I really came to my senses and I thought, what, what are you doing? I binge watched a whole three seasons of this like series, Unforgettable what a waste of time. Like I literally spent, I sat the whole Saturday doing that. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing to do, but it was really unwise. Because what could I have been doing other than just sitting there watching Netflix? You see, the Holy Spirit, His job, He removes the veil so we can see things for what they really are. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you meet someone? Say, for instance, if you were to meet Kanye West. We all know he had a past, right? We have heard some of his music. Hello? So we know Kanye, right? So topical right now, Kanye, is, everybody's like messed up because they're wondering what the heck's going on. Because here's a guy who used to do all of these things, now he's talking about Jesus. Now he's declaring Jesus is King. So what's our response as the church? I mean, I'm sure you talk about him in your morning tea room at work. Like as a Christian, 
What is your claim to Kanye? Kanye is just another brother who's found Jesus, right? And is trying to live this spirit life. I believe what has happened to Kanye is that there's been an unveiling, right? So now he's like, I'll go anywhere and talk about Jesus. Like, He'll go anywhere, literally. He's been into prisons. He's been on the news. He's been on talk shows. And he's like, you can shut me down anyway. But I've got a mic and I need to tell people about Jesus. Now, I ask myself the question, do I need to be famous in order to say something? Do I need to have a certain position in order to say something? No, I just need to know that the Holy Spirit is inside of me, willing me to fulfill the will of the Father. I don't need everything else. I don't need another veil. What we need is the presence of God. That's what you need. You need Jesus. You need the presence of Jesus because it's only Him who makes the difference in our lives. I mean, what else will set you apart, right? So we're going into Christmas. I'm excited about all the Christmas parties. I'm excited about all the Christmas meals I'm gonna have. I've got to talk to people in our family that we don't generally see a lot. And we don't generally kind of get along. Anybody with me? You're going to be sitting across tables with people that you don't generally vibe with, right? So what's going to come out of your mouth? Or dare I say, what's going to come into your thinking? <laughs> oh yeah, touched the nerve right there. <laughs> what are you going to think about them? Right? So you're this person who's filled with light, filled with the glory of God. What's gonna set you apart? What's different about you? Because see, the glory of God draws people. Unlike the glory in the Old Testament with Moses, people were like, we can't handle that. We can't handle the truth. Here's the thing. The glory that Jesus brings, brings people in. So you've got to ask yourself the question, am I bringing people in or am I pushing people away? That'll give you a clear indication of whether you are veiled or unveiled. You see, so often we, we, we think that the, the glory of God remains in the temple. No, it doesn't. No more. You carry the presence of God wherever you go. Every conversation you have, it's laced with the grace of God. It's laced with the glory of God. So I need to watch what I say now. I need to watch what I think now, right? How I spend my time, it looks different now because now I've engaged my mind into thinking I'm no longer living under the law. I'm living under the grace of God. Does that make a difference in your life anymore? The old and the new. Candle, sun. <laughs> Candle, sun. I mean, I would, you know, I'll be like, well, couldn't it just be one candle to five candles? Like that is so extra, right? Candle, sun. That's, that's the Spirit of God who is inside of us. The sun bit is in you. So how will you live your life differently now? How will you live your life differently now in your decision-making, in your conversations, how you relate to people? How will it look different? Are you being transformed? You see, the location, 
of Moses' glory was just on his face. And that has just been from, like he didn't actually see the face of God, right? Because if he saw the face of God, he would die, right? Nobody's seen the face of God. He had to hide behind a rock, right? And all he caught was the backside of God behind a rock, right? So if his face just shone because he saw the backside of God and that gave him that effect, what about us now? Like, do you, do you get it? <laughs> what is different about Like, I think so many Christians live our lives defeated because it's, it's almost like we've just dragging this veil for when it's convenient and we could hide behind it because we just don't want to deal. We don't want to deal with life. We don't want to deal. But if we understood that, if we let the veil go, you have life in abundance. Life in its fullness. <laughs> you see, your freedom, the freedom that they talk about there is not just freedom from shame. It's not just freedom from like, you know, the things that we say, oh, where the Spirit of the Lord is freedom, freedom in praise. Like, yeah, it, it kind of relates to that, but it's freedom from sin. Freedom that doesn't, it's deep, right? So, so what does living my life in freedom look like? It's life in the Spirit. It's doing life the Holy Spirit way, living inside of us. See, when it was, I found what was interesting is that Moses, when he met with God, he was able to be himself. But he was away from the people. You see, after Jesus breathed his last, the curtain that separated the presence of God from the people tore from the top to the bottom. And, and no longer did we need a priest to offer your sacrifice. Is that you could go directly into the presence of God yourself and lay yourself at His feet. You see, all along, even through the Old Testament, it's been pointing the way to Jesus. It's been leading the way to Jesus. I remember doing Old Testament studies at Bible college because I didn't get it. I didn't understand it until the penny dropped. And I went, oh my goodness. I've been a Christian most of my life. And I looked at the Old Testament as just boring, unrelatable, amazing stories, woohoo, but can't relate, right? When was the last time you slayed a lion? You know, I'm like, cool, David, giant, woohoo, can't relate, right? But then when you look at it, it literally is talking about Jesus. The whole biblical narrative is pointing the way to Jesus. That is why we're here. We're here because of Jesus. You were saved to do this life because of Jesus, nothing else. Everything in the Old Testament, you need to, when you read it now, you were like, oh my gosh, that's Jesus. Isn't it great that we have the whole story now? Isn't it great? Hindsight. We can look back, we can see it, right? Now you imagine people living in that day with no idea, going off what Paul is saying. How much better should we be living our lives now? 
How much better should we be more glorious now? Now that we know the start to the finish. How much more glorious? So I want to ask you the question. How glorious are you? How glorious are you? When was the last time someone said to you something different about you? What is it? So you could either give them a veiled response, a candle response, or you can tell them the truth about what's going on in your life. You could tell them the truth about Jesus, how he's changed your life, how he's in your life, and is making you a better person. That's what they see. That's what they saw. They've ex- just experienced the Son of God. So what's different about you? As you go and sit with your family over Christmas, what's going to be different about you? See, it's more than just you're a part of Equippers here in Dunedin or anywhere, whatever label you want to put yourself. It's more than that. It's about you are a child of God, called, chosen, set apart, and you've been sent, right, to extend the kingdom of God. To, to establish the kingdom, the rule and reign of God. The new life. Who wants new life? Who doesn't want new life? You see, God wants you to know tonight that He's placed His glory on you. No longer is the glory just in the temple. No longer is the glory just around or in special people. The glory of God is on you. And so we've got to learn how to steward the glory of God. I was saying to our guys at home is, is you know, we're, we're, we're more like Christ when we serve. Right? We're more like Christ when we serve. And so when we're serving, I'm, I'm, it's good for me to serve. Often if I'm walking and I'm, I'm doing stuff, Vacuuming, say for instance, someone would come and say to me, Pastor, no, no, don't do that. You're not allowed to do that. I was like, daylight robbery. Do not rob me. Do not rob me of, of my service. I am I'm equally called just as you are. Right? Like, let's not rob each other of allowing the glory of God to shine and to bless people. It's like all your initiatives over Christmas, that is a way of revealing the glory of God to people. Because I want to be known, I want us to be a church that's known for what we stand for, not what we don't. And we're a church that exists for our non-members. We exist for those who don't know Jesus. And I believe I got saved so I can tell people about Jesus. And it's the glory of God that continues to shine brighter and brighter. Can I have a keyboard person up if you're here? Yeah. If the old was glorious, how much more is the new more glorious? And so tonight, it's very simple. I just want to ask you a question. How glorious do you want to be? How bright do you want to shine? And you don't, you don't even need special effects. You just need the Spirit of God. Because how else will anyone know that we are followers of Jesus 
unless the presence of God is with us. Isn't it interesting that when Moses was in the Old Testament times, it was his face that shone, right? And it was temporary, it was fading. The account in the New Testament in the Mount of Transfiguration when Moses is seen again, what interests me, this is a revelation, is as Moses was glowing. Why? Because now he'd encountered the Messiah because Jesus was present. What was temporary and just location on his face, he was now complete because he was standing with his Creator. Amazing, hey? Like, and to see how God has orchestrated all these things. And if that was not a, like a clear example to the Jews for what they had seen, because they've heard about Moses and they've heard about His face shining. But did anyone get that now He was with Jesus, He was complete? That the glory of God literally shone from Him. I don't know about you, but I want the glory of God to shine from me, not for me, but that it would shine for others. What would church look like? What would your week look like if you were glorious? What would it look like if you were glorious? I want to ask you to stand with me. I really believe you as a church, you're entering into a new season, a new day. And we talk, I'm not sure whether you're visiting pastors and you know, it might seem to you like, All you talk about is new. Yes. It's because God is doing a new thing every single time, every single day. And all He needs is a decision to say, yes, I'm gonna take hold of that. And so tonight I wanna give you an opportunity. First of all, for you to, for for those of you who call this your home, to make a decision whether I'm gonna do it Am I going to do this with the veil on or am I going to shine the glorious light of Jesus in every place that I am? So with every head bowed, just every eye closed, I want to ask you a question. Do you want to shine for Jesus? Do you want to shine gloriously? So if that's you, just lift up your hands. Come on, all over this place. You see, the glory comes not because I say, but because you say, and He will. It's a moment of deciding, God, I prefer the light of glory that's been described tonight with the sun than just the candle. What's interesting is this is not restricted to your personality. And so tonight, just with your hands lifted, I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray that you would shine, that the glory of God shines from the inside out. And so Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank You for a decision 
to shine for you. Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that your desire is for us to grow more into your likeness. And so right now, we give up our right. Our right to the choices that we make and to allow what you've said in your word to live inside of us and that we would grow in your likeness daily and that we would shine brighter daily and that would manifest your glory daily through our words, through our thoughts, through our actions. In Jesus' name we pray. If you believe that, say amen. Receive it, receive it right now. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com.